Please be advised that the following podcast contains spoilers for the popular HBO series Game of Thrones. So if you're not caught up with the series yet, listen at your own risk. Also, a word of caution. As you continue on, please be advised. When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Gift of Gab podcast. I'm your host, Gabe Bryan, and today we are going to be continuing with part two of our End of Thrones series, where we're talking about the key elements and themes of the recent episodes, as well as the entire HBO hit series, Game of Thrones. Um, joining me today, again, for this discussion is Mama V., who is one of the most knowledgeable people um, when it comes to the world of Westeros, created by George R.R. R. Martin. So I am going to get her on the phone real quick, and while I'm doing that, take a listen to this clip that happened at the beginning of the last episode, um, because that's where we will be starting, and see if you can pick up what I initially missed. Come in. And? Nothing. She won't eat. We'll try again at supper. I think they're watching me. Who? Her soldiers. Of course they are. That's their job. What have I told you, Martha? The greater the risk, the greater the reward. Go on. They'll be missing you in the kitchen. All right. How many times have you watched it? Once. Okay. But, like, I absorbed a lot of that. and Well, I thought I absorbed a lot of it, and then I saw a meme and, like, realized, like, Varys tried to poison her. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm like, surprised I totally missed that. Yeah, I was very surprised people didn't catch on to that. You know, his little bird, it was the little girl he was with at Winterfell when they were hiding in the crypts. Okay. Remember when you know when the dead came out in the crypts and they were all hiding and she was right with him. So that makes me think he's been plotting for a while. Or maybe like just the, he knew that because like he kind of like took care of her in that situation that, that she would trust him. Yeah, to do that because I mean he knows dang well that that's not just something you ask somebody. <laughs> hey, would you poison the queen? Like. Well, you know, that was always his calling card. You know, he was the one that put the little birds in motion before 
back in season one when Danny was, you know, when the winemaker tried to poison her and Jorah stopped him. I mean, it was on orders from King Robert, but Varys still put the plan into motion. See, you remember so much. That's why I love talking to you about it, because you remember, <laughs> like, everything. Yeah, I, I even, just, like, tried watching it from the beginning, and I still forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Like, just that was recently. Varys. Yep, that was Varys. And then I, you know, you noticed before they came for him, he took off his ring, so I don't know if he, like, keeps his poison in there. You know, a lot of the poisoners like to put poison in jewelry, and, you know, so, you know, Elena, that's how she poisoned Joffrey. It was in the necklace, so he took those off, so I'm not sure if that's where he was hiding the poison, was in his ring. You called it. Yeah. Well, that was, like, first thing that happened. <laughs> yes, he, he absolutely implied in the last episode that, you know, he didn't say it out loud, but when when Tyrion asked him, he implied, you know, she pretty much has to die to get John on the front. Someone like her couldn't stay alive. She would never accept it otherwise. I so. love that moment, too, right before he gets burned alive when um, Tyrion admits to him, like, it was me. It was me. I hope I deserve this. Truly, I do. I hope I'm wrong. Goodbye, old friend. I know. That was a very touching moment because they were dear friends. And Tyrion reached out and touched him, which nobody ever touched him. You know, they were afraid of Varys. He was the spider, the eunuch. And right. when he touched Tyrion like that, it was because someone actually touched him. And out of everything, I'd have to say, I was really impressed how he accepted his fate. Yeah. He didn't yeah. beg. He didn't ask. He didn't whimper. He just, he knew it was going to happen, and he was willing to risk his life for it. And that was a great yeah. shot. The way Dorgan came over, Danny and John, that was an amazing shot. Yeah, that really changed my perspective on Varys a lot, to be honest. Right. And as a book reader, it's kind of, you have to kind of just accept show Varys, and then you accept book Varys, because they're not the same. Show Varys really was interested in protecting the realm, where book Varys is much more devious. Now, is that, would you say that's one of the bigger differences, or how does that really play a role in, like, the different approaches or what's happened in the show as opposed to the book? Because I know that when we've talked before, you said, like, there are differences, but there aren't huge differences. Right. Well, Book Varys, Book Varys is trying in the books to put, um, and we don't really know, but it's likely that it's a fake uh, heir to the Iron Throne, uh, a little boy that, um, you know, they've got, like, dyed his hair so it's not silver. There's no evidence in the books that he's actually a Targaryen, and he's trying to place that child on the throne, and, you know, he's a lot sneakier about what he's doing. Um, you know, whereas Show Varys, you know, his only his only ambition was to find the right person for the realm. Right. You know, he wasn't looking for pretenders or anything like that. You know, he didn't know who the right person was for the realm on the show. You know, he knew that um, Viserys was alive, Danny's brother, and Danny. Of course, they weren't going to choose a female <laughs> naturally because <laughs> of their society. Right. And when they found out that he was pretty nuts, and then he was dead you know, that's when he thought about her, you know, because technically, as far as they knew, she was the heir, the only one left. See, now I'm, I need to read the books. How many are there? Um, well, if you want to include 
um, which I would read. Um, you know, there's like companion books to the series um, to really understand the Targaryens. I would read the the regular series first. You know, start with the first one. You know, Game of Thrones. And then um, I think I'm not going in the right order. There's one called Storm of Swords. There's a Dance of Dragons. Um, there's like four or five regular books. And then there's one called Fire and Blood, which is actually the history of the Targaryens and how they came to rule Westeros, which is really interesting. And then there's another one called like the Histories of Westeros, which is like told from a Meister's perspective. And oh, that's yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're like they read like history books. Those two. Those two. The yeah, other I one, love stuff like that because mm-hmm. it makes you feel like even more like you're just part of that world, right? Know, in, right. In your mind, and um, if, a lot of people that they've never read these, and, and and you know they don't understand like where the you know the writers are coming up with things for the show. I'm like, well, if you had read these books, you know, you know these are seeds from you know these other companion books as well. That there's a lot of negativity, you know, about the season, the show. You know, this turn in Danny's character arc, um, you know, where it kind of came out of nowhere, which I love Danny. She was one of my favorite characters in the book. Yeah. And yeah. I know or simple yeah. to, to destroy shit. See, I've seen where, like, people are saying, you know, she said that she was going to do this. You know, she did. Like, we're going to burn cities to the ground. and She um, did. And, like, I guess... I don't know, but, like, all of her other actions still pointed to that mercy. And that's part of the reason why it hit me so hard or why I had such an issue with it after the bells rang was because just moments prior, she was talking about how they will be known for their mercy. Um, And then that happened. Yeah, I was not happy about that. And, I mean, I knew that's where they were headed. You know, that she was going to snap, you know, and become this mad queen because she was, you know, I don't, I don't know if you want to say she's mad. I mean, when you talk about the Mad King, he was a paranoid freak. Like, actually, nobody was plotting against him. You know, he made it all up in his mind. You know, he locked his wife up. You know, he, he thought Rhaegar was trying to kill him. He, everybody was an enemy. And they were just delusions that he had until he became so crazy. Then, yeah, people were like, we got to do something about this, you know. But even then, when he was being crazy, a lot of lords were in the position, well, you know what, we know we lived under peace and prosperity, you know, so what if he burns up some people? Yeah, you know, <laughs> things are working out pretty good for us. Whereas Danny, her ideas of what was happening, it wasn't paranoia, it was real. Her advisors right. were turning on her. Varys was plotting against her. You know, the people didn't want her, even though she sacrificed everything for them. She sacrificed her dragons. She sacrificed her life, her armies. And they still didn't want her for the queen. Yeah. So it wasn't paranoia with her. This was all real. You know, John didn't want to be with her in that manner once he found out she was his, his, his aunt. He rejected her. So at every turn, she was rejected. You know, but at the same time, I mean, familiarity plays a big role in things like that. And everybody in Westeros is familiar with Jon Snow. Right. And not only that, but just in the recent events of them, him bringing together everybody to fight 
the battle exactly um, against the White Walkers. That speaks of volumes. So, like, even though she did provide a lot, even in that situation, it was because of him that it was utilized in the way that it was to protect everybody. I absolutely um, agree. But she couldn't so, let go of that power. Right. And that's the thing, too, is, like, he's been, you know, submitting every every time that she's brought it up, you know, saying, you're my absolutely. queen, you know? And, but absolutely. she needs that validation, and I don't know, man. Well, she's she just... has been single-minded. Once she was, sold, like, well, basically sold to call Drogo, and once she, her brother, like, just lost his shit, basically, and called Drogo executed him, she has been single-minded in her path is she was going to be queen of the Seven Kingdoms, and she was going to take back the Seven Kingdoms. All of the other stuff was practice to be queen of the Seven Kingdoms. She never had any intention to stay. You know, she never her Everything she did was to take a step towards going home to the Seven Kingdoms and ruling it as the rightful heir. Right. And so her obsession with that power, like, she couldn't share it. You know, and, and, and even though Tyrion had said, you know, and Davos had said, if marry them, you know, let them share power. You know, I don't think John will marry her, you know, well, not now. Yeah. But I don't right. think anyway, because she's his aunt. Well, see, like, yeah, like before he knew that, mm-hmm. he definitely would have. He, he would but at have. The, at the same time, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have mattered because he didn't know what they all know now, which is, the whole reason that this mess is happening. Exactly. And I mean, I know that they planted seeds for her to do this, but I don't think they planted enough seeds for her to do this. I really don't. No. Yeah. Once coming or here, maybe that was purposeful just so that there was that kind of reaction to it. Possibly. Possibly. I suppose if, you know, she'd have burned cities prior to, then we wouldn't have been cheering for her. And, you know, rooting for her. Yes, right. I agree with that. Because then in, like, the eyes, at least of the viewer, she'd be very much like Cersei. Exactly. But instead, they've shown her doing something for a justifiable reason. In right. every instance. Even though her first reaction may have been, I'm going to burn the city to the ground. She didn't do it. Right. Cersei was burn the city to the ground. <laughs> you know. Right. right. <laughs> It's weird because the wildfire didn't exactly play as big of a role as I had expected. No, it didn't. I mean, some of it ignited, but not as much as I thought. But then again, I don't even know, like, had they really thought about even using that in their defenses because she was so confident in the golden Right. And I was just about to say that. Yeah, and the ballistic. Was, it was like so, such a perfect example of pride comes before the fall. Exactly. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. I have to give the showrunners credit here. Like, they they took a character as awful as Cersei and, like, actually made me feel sorry for her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was weird. The tear I mentioned last time we talked, uh-huh. it was, like, on the edge of her waterline and just wouldn't fall. Like, right. it's been chilling there. And it comes and it goes, but it hasn't fallen. And when it ran down her face at the very end, when she finally decides to leave I the know. Red Keep, 
And then when she sees Jamie, you know, and they're like, it's like oh. they're going to die together. And it's I like, know, that like touched me. I'm this like, whole time. Yeah. Hateful. Hateful like, the, the whole time, like throughout the show, I've hated the fact that like they're together and whatnot and just like all the shit that that has caused. Right. And, um, and then to be like feeling bad for them. Yes, I did. I felt terrible. I want our baby to live. I want our baby to live. I want our baby to live. Don't let me die, Jake. Please don't let me die. Please don't let me die. I don't want to die. Look at me. No, I like this. No, I like this. No, like this. Look, look, look me in the eye. Don't look away. Don't look. Look at me. Just look at me. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Only us. You know, and there's a mother. You know, she's saying, I want my baby to live. I'm like, that was like tearing my heart out. I'm like, wait a minute. I hate this guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, why am I sad for her? But I was. And I'm like, they did a great job because people did feel like, oh, some people felt she didn't get a, a good enough death. She should have been eaten or burned or whatever. But I'm like, um, sorry. I think as a pregnant woman, you, you know, being crushed to death and knowing your baby's going to die, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. And, and, and Jamie, you know, a lot of people were disappointed that he would go right back to her. And I'm like, well, that's just a perfect example. This is, they're humanizing these characters, and people don't like it. They want it to be more than human. You know, she is his toxic addiction. She always yeah. was, and he couldn't help himself. And that's how people are. Yeah. Woo, truth bombs from Mama Yeah. Me. Yeah. You know, and that's what I'm, I know that this is a story, and I know people want the characters in the story or in any story to be better than we are. But I thought it was a very humanizing moment. You know, when he found out that his the love of his life, the one that he's been obsessed with for his whole life, the one who's pregnant with his child, is going to be possibly in extreme danger. I mean, I think that that was probably one of the most human things I've seen him do. You know, I think media as a whole. Um, they say it about social media a lot, but media as a whole, more than it changes us, it just reveals stuff about us. Exactly, and I don't think people like that so much. Right, um, but you're absolutely right. That is like super humanizing, and I think maybe the the reason that it is so discomforting is because of the mirror that it's holding up. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly, exactly. We're not all heroes. We're still going to make mistakes. You know, and he make, I guess you could say he made a mistake, but to him, he didn't make a mistake. He tried. Right. He tried to let her go. And he did a great job for as long as he could. You know, but when, you know, the shit hit the fan and she's about to die carrying his child, I mean, I don't know why anybody would expect him not to go to her. And as yeah. far as her hiring Braun to kill them, well, you know, they, they, don't, they play it killing each other all the time. Yeah, she hired people right. period, and never, when she had him right in front of her, she chose not to because, like I said, in the end, they've got that twisted sense of the Lannister family, you know, that their father right. brainwashed them into thinking. Now, okay, so Jamie and Cersei meet up at the bottom of the Red Keep, but backing <laughs> up from that a little bit, that moment 
when he's just walking along and Euron Greyjoy comes out of the ocean. My least favorite moment of the episode. Really? Yes. Why do you, why is that? I guess, well, for me, Euron is probably my least favorite character. He wasn't a very fleshed-out character on the show. In the oh, books, Euron definitely. is a force to be reckoned with. In the show, he's kind of like a caricature of a villain. Um, I thought he was very poorly fleshed out on the show. He wasn't on the level of the Sand Snakes bad, but he was pretty bad, like lame. And so he makes it to shore. And, you know, there's dragging flying over, burning the shit out of people. And all he can think about is, i got to kill Jamie Lannister. See, was it like that? I thought it was just like, I thought he was just celebrating because, like, he stumbled upon him. I didn't think he sought him out, really. He didn't seek him out. You know, he didn't. I just thought the scene was contrived. I didn't care for it. He No, he wasn't seeking yeah. him out. He did just come to shore. But it with was everything a little, else going on, you know, this is what he decides to do. Yeah, it was a little, like, just random and unnecessary, I think. But maybe part of the reason was because they needed us to believe that Jamie and Cersei weren't going to find each other, perhaps. Right, because right. when you know when they t- when he talks um, to Tyrion and mm-hmm. he gives him the plan, and then you see him like trying to get in but unable right. to, and he kind of goes back and takes that left. From that point, you're expecting him to. Oh, okay. Well, then he's going to find Cersei. Right, and. Just some of the shit that he's been able to do that hasn't necessarily always been on camera, but, like, you'll just, like, like the fact that they caught him. Like, it's just random shit like that. Like, he's always <laughs> popping up like that and just weird, or just, I guess not weird, but out of place, it seems, stuff will happen. Well, he was clumsy. He was trying desperately to get back there, and... and when he said he was the stupidest Lannister. Um, you know, I love that because it was such a throwback to, to Cersei saying that before to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, but, yeah. you know, I could see in his efforts to get back there, he was just clumsy and got caught. And, and they're very, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's like, I think it's safe to assume Danny has, you know, ears too and whispers too, you know, on her ear, just like the Unsullied. You know, yeah. Tyrion, which is the only light part of the episode when Tyrion was trying to talk to like an Unsullied a soldier, when he was trying to see Jamie, like, he, Tyrion didn't even know. Hey, they speak the common tongue. Yeah. Tyrion didn't know that. I mean, they knew Grey Worm did, but he didn't know the others did, or any of the others did. Which was hilarious. That was great. <laughs> like, trying to figure like, out. Moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which shows how out of touch he was, which wasn't the case when they all first started. I mean, no. he was, I remember a couple seasons back, he was the only reason that Daenerys really knew what was going on with her people. Right, right. But but I think Daenerys set him up. I don't think that she told him that just to tell him that. I think she kept Jaime alive to set Tyrion up in a trap for his last chance. Well, shit, that's gone. Yeah. I, I see no other reason why she would keep him alive other than to see if he can be trusted one more time. And so with him being freed, then she knows he... he that was the last time he was to fail her. So now I have like, negative I feelings going into this last episode. I know. This is I was kind of on the fence before, but now I'm just feeling really grim about it. Uh, uh, right? I know. I know. Um, and I know that some people have an issue that Arya would leave after having vengeance on her mind like all this time. But I really like the scene between her and Sandor because, you know, Sandor represented what vengeance was. 
you know, even right. if it's falling down upon them, he, he wouldn't let it go with his brother. And right. he didn't want that for her. And he, when he's telling her she'll die anyway, a dragon will eat her, you know, she'll burn or whatever. Go home, go. Fire will get her. One of the Dothraki. Maybe that dragon will eat her. It doesn't matter, she's dead. And you'll be dead too if you don't get out of here. I'm going to kill her. You think you wanted revenge a long time? I've been after it all my life. It's all I care about. And look at me. Look at me! You want to be like me? You come with me. You die here. Sandor. Thank you. Yeah, Arya yeah. the survivor. The city is crumbling down upon them, you know? And when she called him, that was beautiful. Yeah. The first time ever. Going back to, you know, you were talking about how um, Jamie and Cersei really represent that kind of toxicity in our yeah. culture still. You know, the way that um, the Hound and his brother play out vengeance, yes. um, even in that very last moment where he's squeezing his eyes and then he finally, you know, stabs him in the head. Mm -hmm. um, and you think for a second, oh, well, he won. But in the end, they both die. They both die. Which he and knew think, it would kill him to do this. But yeah, he wanted I, it anyway. Well, I think that that's what, you know, the, the perfect um, example of vengeance, because when you do push it that far, I think a part of you dies at least. I, I agree. And that's um, why he had so much trouble being close to people. Right. And uh, I think that... So, okay, so that happening um, with him and Arya... And that kind of changing her mind as far as her determination to take out Cersei. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think her motive is, or what do you read into the last scene when she gets on the horse and rides away? Was that not a beautiful scene? It was. It was. But just I have beautiful. no idea what is coming. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was I didn't great, either. but I'm like. It was it was so beautifully shot. But all of that was, and I will just put in, I am a little upset that they had her so close to fire and, like, nothing happened to her. I, I don't think they should have had her that close to the fire, and then she comes out unscathed from the fire. I didn't like the, that. I will say the transitions in this episode were crazy. They were fantastic. Just like in the Battle of Winterfell, the way they train. Like, the director who does that is phenomenal. The way they seamlessly transition from one person to the next is just awesome. I, I, I love it. It's so artistic, it and it's so well done. And it keeps you on the edge of your seat the whole time. Because, it does. like, with every transition, you can't really tell if they're alive or dead. And exactly. they go between so many great characters. Exactly. I mean, 
and that's even crazy too is that like with the death of all these great characters that's already happened in this season right i mean and the whole show in general um but i mean when you look at the whole show obviously you've gained characters throughout the years as well that you've come to love but right it's crazy how many how many people we've lost yet how many people there still are i know I if know. that makes sense you know no, it, it does make sense and I'm not sure – oh, I want to say one more thing about the whole scene with Arya trying to get out of the city, um, which I thought was – reminded me of, like, the, the victims of 9-11, how that was shot. And I'm sure they took a page from that because it's exactly what certain scenes look like that day. And then for her herself, when she's trying to save that mother and child who tried to help her, you know, Arya has in the past not been about saving people. You know, right. she's been, her whole motivation was, I'm going to learn to, to to be, you know, what are they called, the, the faithless men, and I'm going to avenge my family. She's never been like, I'm going to save people with the skills that I have, even though she couldn't save them. Yeah. She tried. She tried. So I thought that that was a big shift in her character as well. And then when she did, when she found the horse, um, you know, I don't know what that means other than, you know, she is about survival and hope in the future is what I take that as. Yeah. And she's going to do what she needs to do. I don't, I don't think, I definitely don't think she's going to be the one that kills Danny. But you think that's coming? I don't think they have a choice. See, that's where I thought it was going as well, is that now it's about taking her out. It's going to happen. Um, and, like, that's just, like, the extent that when he goes that far, really nobody's going to follow you after that. No, they're um, going to be afraid of her, like she wanted, right. and they're all in fear, but no one's going to stand for that. Well, I don't think it's necessarily all she wanted. At least in the beginning, it wasn't. That wasn't what um, she wanted at all. She didn't want to rule people in fear, but after she made that choice... Right, that's the only way that she that's can rule. That's all she has now. That's all she has now. Yeah. And even though she has this dragon, who's capable of mass destruction as we see... You know, people stood up before to the Targaryens when they had dragons. So I don't suspect that they'll just stand by and let somebody like that who just slaughtered, like, almost a million people rule. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> no. Um, no. I think, you know, maybe the Hound and what he says to Arya and how that turns her away from vengeance, um, I think that that kind of, you know, speaks to if she is going to try and kill Danny. Um, if that's what she's riding off to necessarily, mm-hmm. uh, that you miss the bigger picture when you get so focused on yourself. Yes, and, you do. And it's crazy because when you look back at Arya's um, story, it hasn't happened often, but there have been moments where she's broken from her mission of killing Circe to help mm-hmm. people for the common good. And that's kind of what comes back to her when she takes care of the woman and her child that, that helped her up. Um, right. Which we haven't, the only person since Arya has been gone from Westeros and she was with the faceless men, you know, she did take kindness and would have tried to help the lady who helped her when she was stabbed, but she wasn't able to. And when right. she went to Winterfell instead of going to King's Landing, she only went back to Winterfell for John. You know, she didn't know about the Night King or any of that at that point. Right. She went back to Winterfell because John was there, or was supposed to be there. That's why she went back. She was not super thrilled with Sansa. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> no, definitely not. But I see. I think now, after what she just experienced and like watching the slaughter and the like the incineration of thousands of people, and I think now that she will be on a path to save people. Yeah, that's that's, that's what I'm saying. Out, that she's going to be on that path for now. Right. And I so, and maybe that's the reason that she isn't the one that kills Danny. Or even, right. you know, takes that route necessarily, but it's more of a team player rather than a, you know, not that killing the Night King wasn't being a team player. I'm just saying. Yeah, it was definitely uh, a team effort. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm apprehensive but excited for the next episode. I don't see how they're going to suffer Danny to live after this. Of course, I don't want them to kill Drogon because he was just an instrument in all of this. Well, He's, see, but like the thing is, is like if, I wonder if uh, he would take to John. Kind I don't of. know. The only reason in the beginning, I, don't, I mean, unless she was already gone, because she's already bonded with Drogon. So yeah. if, if he did, or he, I'm assuming now it's going to be John that takes her out, that this is going to be John's kill, basically. He didn't get the kill on the Night King, but this is going to be his kill, the woman that he had fallen in love with. He is going to have to kill her. And if Drogon is still alive, if that happens, well, in, at least in the novels, and in the, if you read that, like I said, the history of the Targaryens, Fire and Blood, a lot of the writers died young. And, you know, a lot of the ones who bonded with their dragons died in battle, and the dragons ended up with someone else. So I don't know. Um, I don't see John taking the throne, regardless. I just don't. But I could be wrong. Well, who would then? Well, that's where it's the, the beginning of democracy. What? <laughs> <laughs> Someone on the throne, but I don't see that it's going to be John. I, I want it to be Tyrion so bad, but like, like you just uh, like kind of pointed out, like I don't know that he's going to be around. I think Tyrion will live, but I think it's going to be pretty scary. <laughs> you know, they were going to be like, ah, but yeah. I live. But I, that's, I mean, I could be totally wrong, but I think he will. But I don't think that anyone will accept a dwarf as a king. I don't think they're ready for that. That uh, just like we're not, you know, ready for certain things as president. I don't think they're ready for a dwarf as king, even though he has the best interests of the realm in mind. Right. But um, I don't think John will take the throne. And I think if he kills the queen, then I think he'll use that as an excuse to leave. Yeah. You know, for exile. Because, and I think he'll be perfectly be happy exiled. Oh my gosh, there are just so many different options, and none of them seem like a it's the perfect fit. So I'm excited to see where they I am finally land all the pieces. I am too. Um, so I do predict John lives, Tyrion lives, Danny dies. Okay. She just she doesn't even get involved in anything, so she'll be alive right. That day. Right. She just hangs out at Winterfell, safe and shit. So. Yeah. <laughs> she just like comes out when they have like when they have to burn the bodies and stuff. Right. Like, right. Got to stand but there and I look sad. What's going to happen is that Danny's going to put John in a position because Sansa was playing the Game of Thrones by telling, and uh, you know Danny's not going to forget. You know she might have just killed like a million people, but that's going to be on her mind. Yeah, well, that may, you know, I feel like that's part of the reason why she did it, or part of the reason why it's, she snapped is because of the stress and the pressure of that. So I don't know that it's even necessarily that it's ever left her mind. Yeah, those are my predictions. Um, Danny dies, John lives, I think Arya lives, I think Tyrion lives, and even Fanta. I could be wrong. I think Grey Worm's going to probably have to be killed. Why do you say that? Because he's the leader of the Unsullied, and he went 
ballistic. Yeah. Led the Unsullied into a slaughter, which actually the Northmen did as well. They didn't listen to John. They wouldn't stand down. But, you know, as I was talking to my friend, and I said, well, you have to remember, even though the city surrendered, you've got all these years, a culmination of years, that the North despises the Lannisters and the armies and King's Landing and everything it represents. You know, there was a few yeah. years of peace with Robert, but they had just been in a rebellion with Robert, you know, against the throne in King's Landing, basically. They had a few years of peace, and then they killed Ned Stark, which is like, uh, you know, like you couldn't have done anything worse to the people in the North than to kill Ned Stark, basically. Right. Then they go into another battle. They kill the, the thousands of Northmen and women, you know, when, you know, Rob was crowned king, and they were at war. So, and that's why I said, when you see that bloodlust of the Northern Army, you know, those for years, like years and years of combination of hatred for all things. Yeah. Well, and too, you know, pointing out with Grey Worm, I think just the culmination of years of being devoted to Daenerys. I mean, exactly. I think when she snapped, he snapped a little bit. Um, and they planned it together. Right. Hold him to wait for her signal. You will know. When yeah. It's time. <laughs> and the signal was to attack the common folk. So he is just crazy. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, but the actress. Oh, can we just give her a kudos? You know, Amelia Clark. Yes, because yes. that moment, like you didn't need dialogue. You didn't need a backstory. You didn't need to be understanding where, like, that rage and that hurt. Right. And even the hesitation, like, I don't want to do this. You know, we mentioned it last time, just in her seething, like, yeah. at the end of that episode. But I, I even thought it about a lot of the characters um, in this one. There were a lot of moments where you had to get the full picture from the face of the actors. Yeah. And they did a really well job, uh, a really great job of um, they did completing the story. They did. She did a fantastic job. Like when I saw her face and her staring off at the Red Keep and the city and the look on right. her face as somebody who knows the history of what's happened to her family, and they've said it plenty of times in the show, though people might have forgotten, that whole city was built by her family. The Red Keep was built by her family. King's Landing was a pile of dump before her family came. The Targaryens... They raised up everything you would see that she was looking at. It was because of her family. Yeah. And they were destroyed and murdered and wiped out. Even the King's Road that they travel, you hear them say, taking the King's Road. That's because of her family came up with the idea and had it created. So I could see, and she did such a great job of portraying all of the hurt, all the wrongs that were done to her family all of the wrongs that were done to her, but yet there was still that hesitation, like she didn't truly want to do this, but in her mind, this was the way to win the throne and keep it. Right. Because, like, I feel like that's another thing, is she just, like, when, part of the reason why there's so much tension is she's just pushing it to the limit because I feel like she just, when it's done, she just wants to be done. You know what I mean? Like, she doesn't want to have to fight for what is, in her mind, rightfully hers. Exactly. Um, she doesn't want to challenge. Right. Just because of, like, all of these years, she really hasn't stopped having shit happen. <laughs> no. 
And I think that that's created a lot of exhaustion more than anything, which plays a role in the stress and the snapping. Oh, absolutely. And the loss. I mean, she's right. lost so much. Her family was brutally slaughtered. You know, when Jorah, yeah. I mean, uh, like him, was, you know, in fact, you know, he was there for her and he like died for her. But I mean, we go back to her childhood, you know, even when see, from season one, she never wanted anything other than to be in the only home that she knew, the house with the red door. You know, she didn't care about taking over Westeros. You know, she had lost her family. You know, she was orphaned. You know, because of what they did to her family. Her brother was crazy and abusive to her. And it's just been like a culmination of horrible things that have happened to her. And in the past, we've seen her rise out of that to be better. Right. And now that she was so close to the goal, we see her turn to the the most destructive path that she could. Right. The, the, The path that she has talked about in the past, what she would do. Which is so crazy that we didn't see it coming when she's been saying it the whole damn time. She has been saying it. She told the people of Karth back in season two, if they didn't let her and her people in, she would return someday and burn their city to the dust and everyone in it. Some of like a threat, you know, nobody really believes she does shit like that. (laughs) Right. Well, I think, you know, that's a lot of it too, is that that has not exactly lined up with her actions because she has been very merciful um, throughout the time, and like you said, rose above. Um, so I think that's why all of those statements didn't necessarily carry the weight that they should have they didn't. as they far didn't. as the expectation. And when when she came back to Marine after she rallied the Dothraki, and when the, they were bombing, you know, her pyramid or whatever, and, yeah. and she told Tyrion her plan. And, you know, her plan was to kill them all and burn their cities to the dust. And he said, might I suggest a gentler approach? And so she listened to him. But she doesn't believe in him. And she knows he's betrayed her. She doesn't believe in anyone now. And I remember her saying to John when they first met, she had faith in herself. Right. And so, unfortunately, self said, I'm going to torch everybody in King's Landing. (laughs) Right. I bet they'll listen to me now. It was awful. It was just awful. And it was just, I don't know that it was. It was hard to watch at times. It was. It really was. I don't know that it was a character assassination per se because she's always had the impulse to burn up people and burn them down. But she just chose to listen to her better voices. Well, it may not have been necessarily a character assassination, but it was definitely an influence assassination. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And it was heartbreaking. And I'm heartbroken for the character that I've cheered her on for years in books and on the show. Right. Oh, why? (laughs) I mean, John's easy to love. And John was easy to cheer on because John is good. And he's always been good. He's good in the books. He's good on the show. You know, Danny was a little bit more fierce. (laughs) <laughs> you know. Yeah. And well and like the thing is too for me, like it's it's hard for me and I've only been on this for like two or three years. Like you've right. been when did you read the books? Was it prior to the show oh, coming yeah. out? I read the books probably about four or five years prior to the show. So starting? you've been going at this like fifteen years. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh so my it's a gosh, hard I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's yeah. a hard 
follow and you're so in love and I'm in love with the series. It's, it's so well done. I mean, I, I do think, you know, that there's some things in the books that could have been, you know, done a little better, like not, not just glossed over, but just not so much, you know, it's like, it's a little, yeah. some of them, um, not the first book. The first book is fabulous and you, it's one of those books you cannot put down. And then, you know, as authors do, they tend to change up the writing style as they go on to, you know, more books and, some of it was yeah good. well i think i think Ugh. a lot of it is just the comfortability of you know even on a subconscious level there's some mm-hmm. sort of validation when their writing is received well which gives them the comfortability to do things that they might not necessarily have done right um as a follow up prior to right um so i think it's more of them just kind of like finding their finding their legs so to speak it, right right I mean, they are, they're good books, though, and I recommend them to anyone who, if you like the show, you know, definitely read the books because there's so much more to the characters in the books. <clears throat> you know, there's so much more to the story than in yeah. the show. Um, but I thought the show has been fine. You know, I'm not in that camp that, you know, complaining about how they brushed the season. I mean, of course it's going to be rushed. You get six episodes, you know, right. and I mean, and I, um, I don't mind it because everything feels like everything is like very, there's a lot of tension and, and, and everything. Yeah to a head while everything is coming to a head and they think how the pacing of the show is helps it feel that way yeah well everything has gotten faster and has progressed so it has. It, i mean where it may have like pushed the gas a little bit more in this last season speeding up and uh getting faster are not things that are uncommon for for the show as a whole right right and it's almost like, you know, if you look at this last season, it's like, you know, a separated movie, then you, maybe you wouldn't feel as, as bad, you know, um, that the pacing of it all. But, I mean, there was an urgency in the story. Right, you know, right. Like King coming and Cersei's on the throne and trying to, you know, take over the Seven Kingdoms. There's an urgency in the story. And I think that, you know, you're exactly right. That does build tension, but that's what makes it lifelike as well. Right. But I think part of the issue is that, a lot of people don't like that it is almost too fast to analyze yes. um, in the moment. Like, a lot of things that have clicked for me have come after watching it, not necessarily during watching it. And um, But I think that that's why there's so much tension. One of my favorite lines from a song ever um, is, uh, it's a song called The Hand That Thieves by a band called The, uh, the Streetlight Manifesto. And they say that the pressure that lack when looking back is the feeling that you have to act that's why everything's clear when you're looking in the past and i think that that's exactly what the show is exemplified in the way that they've shot everything and the speed of the storyline is that when you get so like when it starts happening when war starts happening mm-hmm. you don't have time to think right and that's where a lot of people have been like in the story i mean is making right. decisions that they haven't exactly had the time to completely analyze. No, um, they haven't. You know, everything has been an urgent issue. You know, right. everything. So I think when once the season is over, I mean, I know there's a lot of angry fans out there right now. They don't like how fast-paced things are going. They don't like what's happened to Danny. Um, you're kind of nitpicking this show apart. But I think once it's over and people go back and rewatch things, I don't think they're going to be as negative because they're just on the, you know, they're expecting too much. They're listening to the theories on the internet and expecting, 
you know, the people who come up with these theories are expecting these theories to be true, and then they're let down when they're not. And it's like, why do you believe the theories? And you, none of these people coming up with this have anything to do with the show. Right. You know, it's some, not like he's ever it. been. <laughs> it's not. It's not like he has ever been predictable. No. <laughs> no. You know, it, it hasn't. And so it's like, so you're going to get upset because you know some Reddit user or some dude in Thailand are posting stuff. And you take that as the gospel of how the show's going to go, and it doesn't go that way, and then you get mad. And why do you want to know, you know? I don't know. Why don't you just that story? Right. On that note, (laughs) (laughs) on that note, um, we will end there. But, like, you, okay, so you said your predictions are Danny dies, but basically the rest of them live. I, well, not everyone. I'm sure we're going to lose a couple others. I think it may be Grey Worm, possibly. Oh, that's right. Possibly. Yeah. I don't think Arya dies, and I don't think John dies. And I think Tyrion is going to. I think she's going to put Tyrion on trial. I'm not sure how he's going to be saved, but I don't think she's ready to really kill him. Yeah, I mean, that could be wrong because you know she could be totally gone. You know what was left good in her. But well, like, I, like so, you said earlier. I think that if he does live, it's going to be scary. <laughs> I, think I think it's going to have us like, ah, how do you bite our nails? And, you know, carry it on while we're watching it. But I think he'll make it through. Um, and, of course, I don't worry about Sansa. You know, <laughs> she's all the way up in Winterfell. So right. um, I'm not really worried about her anyway, to be honest. But <laughs> he's like, bye, Felicia. <laughs> right, right. But I, I think that I think we're going to see – I'm not even sure, like, I can't even put a finger on, like, how are they going to take her out? But I think it's going to definitely be John. Well, we will see. Yes, we will. I'm super excited and super hesitant and super sad that this is the end. Yeah. I'm really sad. Well, despite feeling all of that, thank you for joining me. (laughs) My pleasure. (laughs) We will talk next week. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. We will see indeed at 9 p.m. on Sunday on HBO when the very last episode of Game of Thrones airs. So make sure that you catch it. I mean, if you have watched the entire show up to this point, I don't know why you wouldn't. But also make sure that you join us next week for the last episode of the End of Thrones series where we will be talking about not just the last episode but the whole show in its entirety as well as some of the things that we learn about the nature of mankind from the show and what that means for us in today's world. So you're not going to want to miss that. Um, That will be up next Thursday, so I will see you then. Until then, stay inspired, and I promise you, you'll find what you're looking for. Thank you so much for checking out the Gift of Gab podcast. Don't forget, new episodes are every Tuesday and Thursday and are available on all major podcast distributors. If you want more Gabe Bryan content, check me out on YouTube. And if you'd like to get connected with me, do it via social media. My handle is at GayBrianTheGuru on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. 